Well, last week I had the privilege of sharing a message with you that I really felt that God had laid on my heart. And I titled that message, which I felt was prophetic for us as a church, I called it New Era. And in the message last week, I looked at some of the distinctives that we as a church and you as individuals must have in a new era. My question to God was, God, what is it like? What are the distinctives? If it is a new era, what are the distinctives then of a new era? What was to be re-emphasized in the new era? Because many things cross over from one era to another. It's not like they're brand new, but the question in my heart was, God, what needs re-emphasized in the church today? Are you with me? So I talked about how the new era, we need a new sound. We need to resound a faith declaration as we move forward as a church. We need to carry the promises of God in our hearts and be willing to declare what God has promised us, both as individuals, but also as a church. We need to give voice to our faith. Last week, I spoke of some of the promises I felt God had given to Angela and I out of Deuteronomy chapter 28. The whole topic is blessings of obedience, obedience that unlocks God's blessing in our lives, which is a good thing. I talked about the accompanied blessings of God. And I said, who, who would like the accompanied blessings of God? Because I sure would. I still hope this week you're believing in the accompanied blessings that God promises. But I also talked about the abundant prosperity that God promises. And there were three areas that I felt God had spoken to us. And I just want to refresh them and keep them in front of you this morning. The first was the fruit of your womb will be blessed. In other words, that which you birth, that which you bring into being in obedience to God will be blessed. So Life Church Selwyn, we declare will be blessed because it's a vision that God gave us and we've birthed it. So the fruit of our womb will be blessed. Who's agreeing with me on that? But also Levita would bless, right? We're all going to be blessed. Here was the second thing. The young of your livestock will be blessed. Speaks of the next generation finding their place in God's family and in the church and taking their place and worshiping God and being passionate about the things of God, knowing who God is and loving him with all their hearts. The next generation, that's the one that gets me quite excited, will be blessed. This one might get you excited. The crops of your fields will be blessed. We'll have all the resource we need to accomplish all that God's put in our hearts if we walk in obedience to him. Three areas of the blessing of God. But a big part of my planning for that message was the thought, Carl, we need to give voice to our faith. And so that's what I want to speak to you about this morning. I felt God put a challenge in my heart personally, in Angela's heart, but also for our church, that are we willing to give voice to the things of faith? As we move into a declaration of faith, I feel like it's something we need to speak on because I often think we maybe perhaps stay quiet as the children of God when we probably should speak up. In our culture, often we have dreams, we have hope, we have vision, we have things we feel God has put in our hearts, but we're afraid of what others might think of it if we were to speak it out loud because we've become very aware of how critical people can be. And because of that, maybe we just don't give voice to our dreams or voice to the faith that God has put in our hearts because we want to avoid the criticism of people who want to pull down our dreams, our hopes, and our desires. And so we stay quiet. I wonder what it means if we were to give voice to the things that God had put in our hearts or even to the things we need breakthrough in. Maybe you've got an area in your heart and in your life 
where you need a breakthrough, but you haven't put your voice to it. Like you carry it, it's on the inside. God knows I need a breakthrough, but, but I really haven't begun to speak about it, pray about it, declare a breakthrough in my life. I think the enemy works very, very hard at keeping God's people quiet. Like have your faith, have your dreams, have your hope, but just be quiet about it. Why is that? I think it's because the enemy knows the power of, a fa- of faith that is accompanied by a declaration or a confession. I think the enemy's aware that when we give voice to our faith and we begin to declare things, there's power in declaration. There's power in confession. So he wants us to remain quiet. See, faith is a language. It's a language that we've been given. Faith has a sound. I don't know if you know that. Faith has a tone. That sounds different to everything else in our lives. In life, we are surrounded by words, aren't we? Some more than others. But every day, everywhere, people are talking. There are conversations happening. I'm sure you're having conversations every day, speaking. Words are a part of our lives. But faith sounds different. Listen to Galatians 3, verse 5 in the New King James Version. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The hearing of faith prepares the heart for a miracle. That's why when we pray for a miracle, we give voice to our faith. It doesn't stay locked up inside us. We give voice to our faith because the confession of our faith prepares the heart to receive a miracle. Never underestimate the power of your confession. That's why we need to be careful not to allow the different seasons of our lives control our confession, but allow our confession to control our season. We're not allowed to allow. We shouldn't get into the place where we allow our season to dictate our faith declaration, but our faith declaration and our confession control our season. When God's people are armed with faith that has a voice, it sounds the alarm to the enemy that though I walk through a tough season, I will continue to put my trust in God. A powerful faith declaration. When things are going against us, when things are not going our way, we declare God is good. When things are not going our way, we declare God is with me. We have a confession of faith in the midst of the storms and the difficulties of life. Listen, God is good. It's a great confession because it doesn't always seem like things are going the way we'd like them to go. We as God in the midst of it, but the declaration of faith is we know God is good and God is with us. Let me put it this way. It's a, a Brian Houston quote, so I can't claim it. He said it this way, faith without confession is like a check without a signature. It's a check. It just doesn't have any authority. You see, the longer I journey with God, the more I recognize I need to work at this stuff. And this is not name it and claim it faith. We talked about that last week. But I need to work at the truth of my confession. When I was first saved and journeying with God, seeing my life changed on a weekly basis, confession about God was actually really easy because it was so exciting and it was so new. And it was a lot of firsts. And so I was able to declare a lot of good things about God and what he was doing in my life. But the further along the journey I've got, I've begun to realize that not everything is easy. Not everything goes my way. 
And difficult seasons do come along. Can I get an amen to that? You agree with me? But it's for those moments that the confession of faith is vital. See, that's why being in God's word and knowing the promises of God is actually so vitally important for our faith. So when I walk through something difficult, I have something on my lips ready to confess, to give rise to my faith, not just to my problem. You see, I'm really good about speaking about my problem. I, I, I don't know about you, I can, I can name my problems. They're all sitting in the front row. No, they're not. But I can, on this side. Oh, you're thinking of us talking about these guys over here. I can give voice to my problem without any difficulty at all. But can I give voice to my faith in the midst of my problem? See, I can tell God how big my problem is. This is cliche, you've heard it before, but can I tell my problem how big God is in the midst of my difficulty? See, the promises of God are so important. So when I walk through something difficult, I have something ready to confess. See, I don't want negativity to shape my faith or control my confession. Because I can be really good at being negative. Can you? Have you hung out with me at all? I can be good at that. It, it almost can come naturally if we're not careful. But I don't want negativity to shape my faith or control my confession. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. This verse is actually really cool. Because in Judaism, a sacrifice was only offered at set times, certain times, and through the Jewish priest. But for Christ followers, it's through Jesus Christ that we offer a sacrifice of continual praise. Not set times, continual praise. Not just Sunday, set time, but continual praise all throughout our lives. It's recognizing that no matter what circumstance we might have or might find ourselves in, we are thankful for the cross of Jesus Christ. And because of it, we always have a praise. We always have something to confess or profess or declare. We always have a thanksgiving in our hearts. We always are armed, ready with a praise. It doesn't have to be set times or through a mediator, a priest. It's through the high priest, Jesus Christ. And we can come to God at any moment of the day. We will always have something to be grateful for and thankful for. Always have a declaration on our lips. The fruit of the lips that openly profess his name. But notice it's not just sit in reflection. Now, that's a good thing to do is to sit and reflect and remember. Remember what Jesus has done. But it's different when we start to give a voice in the form of praise in every season and every circumstance that we find ourselves in. To give voice to our praise, not to just contemplate, to open one's mouth with a confession. There is power in a faith-filled confession. Listen to David in the Psalms. Psalm 19 verse 14. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. David's heart is that both his words and his meditation be aligned and be pleasing to God. Now David, being a psalmist, he could have sat in just meditation. But no, it's meditation and words. Willing to speak about what God is doing in our hearts. To confess 
one's faith. Look at Romans 10, verse 8 to 10. You know this well. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. The power of confession. The power of declaration. I think the enemy fights hard to cause God's children to be quiet like you are this morning. To try to stop that declaration of faith from coming out of our mouths. To suppress it to our heart realm only. But God would have us release it in faith. So we need to continue to exercise the language of faith through confession. It is a language that has power to bring our faith into the reality of our situations that we face and that people face. In other words, to bring God's reality to my storm, to bring the truth of who God is into the midst of my situation, that he is my rock and he is my redeemer, that he promised to be with me, that God is good. To bring that into the realm of my difficulty and my struggle is to confess my faith in who he is. Lots of scripture this morning. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Are you, are you hearing this this morning? It's not just about carrying faith around in our hearts. It's about giving voice to our faith. It's about speaking. Believe, yes, but speak. And I feel like the enemies work very hard at getting people to remain quiet. Words are for communication, but they are really, in reality, used for so much more. Words are for creation, not just communication. They are for communication, but they are also for creation. Romans 4 verse 17. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations, speaking of Abraham. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God, catch this, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Calls, spoken word, voice into being. We know that in the account of creation in Genesis 1, that God spoke creation into being. He didn't just meditate on creation and it come to being. God spoke what he had in his heart for creation and it came into being. Even God formed reality out of a spoken word all that we saw all that we knew in the book of genesis came from the spoken word of god he's the one who calls things into being that were not that's why it's so important for us to understand the power of faith that has a voice because it creates for you a reality i don't know if you're with me on the same page as me but what you speak creates Reality, I'm going to touch on it a bit deeper. Let me put it this way. What we speak to our children, what we speak to each other, what we say not only communicates but creates a reality for us and for others. Tell someone enough times they're useless and it can begin to create a reality for them. And we can be left wondering why that person has not achieved much with their life, unaware that we could have been part of shaping 
that reality. Think on your insecurities this morning. You might have to think for a long time. I don't. Are they there by default? Or are they the reality because of spoken words, either by someone else or by yourself? Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I find that a confronting scripture when I read it this week because I think I've, I've been part of the reckless words that pierce people's lives like swords. I've said things that I haven't thought about, planned, and have hurt people's feelings or life. I don't know whether you have, but I want to be a man who speaks with the tongue of the wise who brings healing because our words not only communicate, they create. That's why I felt God really press on my heart not just to believe what the scripture says in Deuteronomy that he revealed to us, that we'd, what we'd birth would be blessed or the next generation or the promise of resource, but to give voice to the word of the Lord and declare it. Be willing to put voice to my faith, to move beyond my human response, which in actual fact is often wishful thinking rather than the spoken word of faith. I asked you last week if you were here, but let me ask, it again this week. What is your current declaration of faith? Do you have one? What is it that you're believing God for? What is it that you're declaring over your life, over your family, over your business, over your relationships? What is your current declaration of faith? Have you given voice to that which God has placed in your heart? Here's a challenge. Some of us need to get used to hearing our voices praying and declaring out loud. That's why I'd say come to prayer meetings. Learn to declare some things. Learn to get used to the sound of your own voice declaring some things. What is in your heart? What kind of marriage do you want to build? How are you raising your children? What kind of business are you building? What are you building it for? What kind of friendships do you have? What language are you giving voice to right now? Is it one of faith and, and confession? See, our words shape for us our marriages. If you've had kids, you realize the power your words hold when you speak to your children. They shape our business. They shape our friendships. Are we aware of what we're giving voice to? Do I know what my conversations are like? Do I know which language I'm speaking when I speak about the difficulties that I face. See, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So words are for creating as well as for communication. The first part of my own life was actually heavily shaped by words. There are a lot of spoken words to me that pierced like a sword, but there's one in particular was a school teacher that I had. I won't say what subject it was or where I was, but this teacher used to say, Crocker! That's my last name, if you weren't sure. You always use my last name. You won't amount to anything. So don't stay in my class. You're free to go. And every class that I walked into with him was the same. Crocker, you will amount to nothing. Well, my internal response was, well, if that's the case, I won't bother. If that's what you think my reality is, why would I put in any effort? Another situation as a little kid, my father was leaving after an argument with my mother. Sorry, mum, I didn't ask you if I could share this. But 
Too late now. As he left the house, he said to me, it's your fault. So those words stuck with me and burned in my mind. There are a number of other things that were said that also burned into my memory, but that one I can remember because all of a sudden I felt it was my fault. See, my reality became I messed up everything for everybody. I don't have a future. Nobody wants me around. See how the internal dialogue now begins to take over and shape my reality. My life has no purpose. And I lived like I had no purpose. When I showed up at church, however, I showed up a mess. Now, you've heard my story many times. You're going to hear it many more times over the years. It's the only story I've got. It's my own one. (laughs) But I was in the midst of a time in my life where I believed there was no purpose to my life. I walked into church a suicidal mess, completely broken, completely shaped by things, circumstances, and words that have been spoken over my life. And yet I found people who didn't seem to mind having me around. My first response to that, they're weird. But thank goodness for them. And thank goodness for that reality because without that, my life was spiraling completely out of control. That and a pretty girl kept me coming back to church. I married that pretty girl. Good plan. But I found Jesus. And the truth of who Jesus was is what changed everything for me because I began to find another language a language of faith, a language of truth that began to shape my reality and change everything about who I was. I began to understand that, hey, maybe, just maybe, I have a purpose, just like you have a purpose. Finding Jesus Christ was more about the changing of the truth and the dialogue of who I'd been told I was or said I was into who God says I am. One of the verses that impacted me It's become a regular declaration for me whenever my insecurities surface. And they don't surface as much as they used to. It's down to once a day, thank goodness. But Ephesians 2 verse 10 is a verse that I declare and continue to. And I think you should too, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Even Carl, broken Carl, messed up Carl, is God's handiwork. He's got a plan. See, God's handiwork, that speaks of purpose. It speaks of a reason for my life. It speaks of a reason for your life. We're his handiwork. Guess what? We are planned. We weren't a mistake. When I came into church, that's all I needed to know, was you're not a mistake. There's a plan for your life. God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus. That's my origin. Guess what? I'm a child of God with good works prepared in advance for us to do. There are certain things just for me to do that God has prepared. Man, that speaks of the purpose and plans of God. Man, my life matters. My life has purpose. My life is valid and counts, and so is yours. There's a positive declaration that changes the reality of someone's life. Many people are wondering whether they're planned or what their purpose is or the value of their life. Listen, a relationship with Jesus and a language of faith tells them there's a plan, there's a purpose. Your life is of great value and shapes reality. When my life got in tune with God and I learned the language of faith, it began to change and reshape my reality. My encouragement to you is to give voice to your faith. Confession is vital. Learning to speak out loud is incredibly important important. 
Let me take you to a story. We're not going to turn there this morning, but Jesus encounters a blind beggar named Bartimaeus as he's leaving Jericho. But this was no chance meeting. The disciples and a large cloud, crowd, cloud, might have been a large cloud, large crowd were following Jesus. There were people everywhere. There was noise everywhere. In this account in Mark 10, Bartimaeus calls out loud, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't just sit at the entrance to the city where he's allowed to legally beg and secretly hope that Jesus would find him and pick him out of the crowd. See, this was going to be a different day. Something was going to change. Something needed to happen. But he didn't have a prophecy shirt on or, or just sit and... That's an old joke, don't worry. Sit and hope that Jesus would stumble past him and perhaps ask him if he's doing okay. No, no, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He got Jesus' attention by opening his mouth. But many told him, to be quiet. See, that's the voice designed to stop you receiving your breakthrough. Your faith is rising. You're starting to give voice to your faith. The voice that comes to stop your breakthrough is the one that says, be quiet. And it's not necessarily external. It can be an internal voice that says, you'll look strange. You'll be weird. Just be quiet. That's the voice of challenge to your breakthrough. Bartimaeus is told, hey, just be quiet. But no, not this day. Not this day. He was going to shout again. But this time it says, the Bible says, he shouted all the more. Well, some of us just need to shout all the more. Some of us just need a little bit more of the shout within us. When the voice says, be quiet, some of us need to know what it is to stand on our faith and shout and declare. And to open our mouths. Because Bartimaeus was going to receive his miracle. And because he had a declaration, a voice of faith to call out, to Jesus, he got an audience with Jesus. But Jesus asks him a question. And on the surface of it, it's a strange question. It's like it's obvious he's blind. I mean, I'm sure Jesus could tell as he's being led to Jesus that he's blind. I mean, he's the son of God after all. He's the Messiah. I'm sure he knew the guy was blind, but Jesus asks him a question. What do you want me to do for you? Are you telling me Jesus didn't know what this guy might be wanting or asking of him? Or is there something that we need to understand that God would have us come to know? Perhaps we learn that we need to open our mouths before God and tell him what we want. I don't know how you were raised. Maybe you were raised to be seen and not heard. Maybe you were raised to not ask, but to wait patiently for the treat or the ice cream or the blessing or whatever it was. I don't know know what your reality has been like, but I wonder whether we need to get back to telling God what we want. I wonder if there's something in this passage that can challenge our hearts or release our hearts to get to a place with a loving Father who doesn't withhold any good thing, to get to a place where we actually speak to God about our wants. Now, Jesus could see clearly that this man needed a breakthrough, but he asks him, what do you want? He may be asking us a similar question this morning. In verse 52 of Mark 10, Jesus' response, after Bartimaeus has said, I'm blind, I want to see, and Jesus heals him, God, Jesus says to him, go, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. 
I wonder what is in your heart this morning that needs the voice of faith added to it. I wonder what you've locked up in your wants, in your heart, that you're not being prepared to give voice to, or you've allowed the internal voice to tell you to be quiet. I want to leave you with this question, because I'm coming to the end this morning. Believe it or not, I'm for a short message this week. But I want to leave you with a question. And actually, it's the same question that Jesus asked Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? As I was praying into this message yesterday in the afternoon, I just felt the heart of God. This will my people speak to me. What is it that you want me to do for you? Have you got something you're asking God for? I believe there are many people here today that you can answer that question. What do you want me to do for you? Ordinarily, at the end of my message, I would pray. I pray something faith-filled for you, but I, I just feel at the end of this message, I want to give you a few minutes where you can put voice to your faith declaration. What is it that you want him to do for you? To be bold like Bartimaeus was, to not worry what others think. It's interesting in this moment, he was surrounded by the disciples and a large crowd when he spoke his request and gave voice to his faith. This morning is the chance for us to give voice to our faith. It's a chance for us to pray. It's a chance this morning for you to voice what it is in your heart that you're asking or wanting of God. Perhaps it's to call a lost son or a lost daughter home who's walked away from the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I could go on and list a whole lot of things. I've got some declarations. One is for our church. One is a big ask. God, I want to see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people find faith in Jesus. I want to see the baptismal pool filled on a weekly basis. And so many people are being baptized that we have to do it during praise and worship. I said it a few weeks ago in a message, but, but God, that's, that's the desire of my heart. That's what I want you to do in the church. In my home, I want to be a dad. And I declare I'll be a dad that builds my children up and shapes the reality with faith and not with negativity. I mean, a husband that prays for my wife, calls forth the best things out of her and speaks well of her, build the kind of marriage where we're close, that's what I want. I wonder what you want. I wonder what you need to give voice to. I wonder what you need to start adding a voice of faith to to begin to shape your reality because we're very good in Kiwi culture at speaking about what we've lost, what is broken, what is not going well for us, what is going against us, why our marriage isn't working, why our children are having difficulty. We're very good at naming the things that are messy and difficult. But I feel in my heart like we've got to get good at bringing the promises of God into our reality and into our situations. We have to get good at proclaiming the word in our lives and in our situations. We have to get good at saying, God, this is what I want. This is it. This is what I need to happen in my life. And I trust you, God, some of you this morning, I know you've walked through difficult times and difficult seasons and things are hard. You've known what it is to have a faith that stands in the midst 
of storms. Because you know what it is to know God, to hold on to His promises. And every generation needs to know the promises of God, the truth of His Word. That's why this can never get replaced. We'll never run out. We'll never get tired. We'll never get old. Every generation needs to know who God is. This is how we know who God is. Because then when we go through things, we have a declaration on our lips and a praise ready to go. So I'm just going to invite you to stand in this moment. The team's just going to play very quietly, just quietly, just for a few minutes. And then, and then we'll worship heart of God together. But in this moment, some of you are going, oh no, he's asked us to do something. I wanted to come and sit there. I, I didn't want to have to say something. But this is a moment where, as I was praying yesterday, I said, God, don't let fear rule our minds. Help us to get our minds almost out of the way and engage our hearts and our spirit. We wouldn't be afraid of what the person next to us might think of what we're saying because this is not about the person next to us. This is about answering the question God's got for us. What is it that you want? Maybe this morning you can only get a whisper out. Let's just get started in the sense of a faith declaration. What do you want? What does God need to do? What do you need to declare over your life, marriage, business, family, walk with God. What is it that's your faith declaration? It's just for a couple of minutes. Let's just speak to God. This is you and God. Tell God what you want Him to do. You go for it, just in faith. And then we're going to sing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We declare that this would be a place, a church, that would reach hundreds and hundreds of people with the truth of Jesus. Our lives would be one that would reflect the truth of who you are. Thank you, God, for all that you do and all that you are in our lives. Thank you for marriages that are on fire for God, walking in unity, loving each other, serving God together. Thank you for families where the children are on fire for God. We declare that people's reality in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just lift the temperature a little bit. Let's just really... Like Bartimaeus did, have a faith moment with God. Father, just deposit faith in our hearts. We give voice to our dreams, desires. Thank you, God. To hearing people's prayer, declaration. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We will always have a praise on our lips. No matter what we walk through, we can always say thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Lord, that you would heal people who are asking for healing, reaching out to you today and asking for a breakthrough in the area of healing. Thank you, God, for people's miracles that would come in Jesus' name. Father, for those who have lost family members who don't know Jesus, we thank you for the crosses for every person. Nobody is too far from you, God for you to reach so we declare that you would reach lives you'd reach our family members our workmates who don't know Jesus thank you Lord you're the the power of the turnaround I pray people's lives will be turned back to you who have once walked away from you Lord we declare that those who have walked away would come home thank you God for the cross thank you for what Jesus has done thank you for the Holy Spirit who moves in our hearts and moves in our lives brings us comfort and peace brings us healing and breakthrough. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your work in our midst. Just move even now again upon our hearts. Boost our faith, I pray, in Jesus' name. Help us to be a people that would declare the truth 
the promises of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.